0: A Miami miracle. And whenever you're listening to this pod, whether it's on Monday morning, midweek, whatever it is, I still think when you think about what happened on Sunday for the Dolphins and that final play against the Patriots, you're still thinking, what? What?
1: How did that happen? Pretty much every broadcaster who was doing that game, whether it was the Dolphins Radio Network, the Patriots Radio Network, or CBS, everybody,
0: what did I just see? I'll tell you the way I want to start this, because I think this would be a good, I think most people listening, by the way, Will Manso, Clay Furro, Duki is off today on the Miami Sports Pod, we welcome you, but I, I think anybody, as you watch that play, whether you were at the game or you were watching it on TV, I think you're you're thinking to yourself, what was I that moment thinking? What was I looking for? What was I expecting? I think most Dolphins fans will say I was expecting, you know, probably a playful laterals that got fumbled, you know, ten yards, twenty yards in and recovered and, and the Patriots celebrated the field and they win. Uh I'll tell you what I was thinking and what was happening. I was thinking of the Angles to another Dolphins loss to a probable, you know, end of season, meaning now all of a sudden, you know, at, at six and seven and and their playoff hopes said almost nothing. What did Adam Gase do down the stretch? Why did the Dolphins have so much trouble scoring after they got out to that 28-27 lead? All of a sudden they couldn't do anything. The decision to punt to Tom Brady, the Kenny Stills going down. All these things are going through my mind. And as the play is actually happening, Clay, I am... Getting my charger out of the, you know, unplugging <laughs> my charger, putting my bag away because I've got to take the elevator down. And you know how the press box is. Or you've been there many times. Down then to the locker room area, and then it happened. And when it happened, and and I, and I slowly saw my, found myself dipping back into my seat as it happened in shock. I didn't get up for another five ten minutes just in just looking at my, the surroundings and going, what just happened.
1: And, and you know at that point, because you mentioned being in the press box, and uh, our, our, our friend Tina does a great job of uh, making sure that everybody gets on and off that elevator really nicely, but most people run towards the door with five minutes left, mm-hmm. and in a situation like that, you're kind of stuck in this tunnel. And you can't see what's going on. So I can only imagine you You did what turned out to be the smart thing, which you stayed up in your press box. You were able to see yeah,
0: it. I wasn't in a rush only because we didn't, just to give people the way it works, we didn't have, it was what, a little after 4 o'clock. We didn't have to be on television until after 5. You, it always takes a good 10 minutes for the locker room to open. So I'm like, you know, let me just watch the end of the game.
1: Just yeah. imagine if you'd been on the elevator when that happened and you just heard this well, roar. What about
0: the fans that left? This is, oh, I actually man. tweeted about this because a lot of fans got up and left. And by the way, this isn't me ripping fans for leaving early. I mean, at that point, you you've, you've dedicated most of your time and day to it. Maybe you're with your family. Maybe you've had a little too much to drink. Maybe you're just tired as heck. I had no problem with you wanting to just get and beat traffic. Who would thought that that would happen? Now, how were you in the newsroom? You were watching the game in the newsroom. Were you just going crazy? I,
1: I was watching it, but I, I didn't go crazy until Drake actually scored. And I think one of the televisions that was in the, and uh, to use TV jargon, in the in the feed room, uh, <laughs> we had people watching it in there, and that was a few seconds, a couple seconds ahead. So about the point when Devontae Parker flips it, to Kenyon Drake and you're still not thinking much at that point I hear screaming in the other room and I'm sitting there thinking oh what is about to happen and again we're kind of letting people inside here I I, I watch it similarly to to you in that we watch it like fans do because you want to kind of see what the storylines are that that fans are going to grasp onto because our job covering these teams is we need to be the liaison. So if the mm-hmm. fans are sitting there thinking, well, why did Adam Gase punt it to Tom Brady? Well, it's our job to ask Adam Gase, why did you punt it yeah, to Tom you're Brady?
0: formulating the questions and thoughts of what's going to be next.
1: So, yeah, so when you say, all right, I'm going through all the storylines in my head, you know you've got questions to ask. You were out at the game, which uh, that's normally where, where I would be on a Sunday. Since Dookie's off, I was kind of pulling double duty at the station. So I was doing what he would normally do, and I'm logging all of the mistakes that the Dolphins made throughout the game. The the blocked punt. Two. The the decision to 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 punt it to Brady. Um the Kenny stills falling short of the first down, which, oh well, it was still third and one and oh boy, they got knocked backwards and now they're gonna have to punt. So yeah, you're going through and you're you're marking all of the things that you're going to need for the storylines of the game, and then very quickly it's like, none of that matters.
0: No. It and, and I'll tell you what else I did, and I think a lot of people probably did it also. Is that as I was sitting there and I told you I dipped into my seat and I was kind of floored by it, like we all were. You know, I'm sure there were people just elated running through their house and screaming, but I was so floored. I actually started looking around the field. First, I was looking for flags. And then I'm like, well, now I just want to watch the replay because maybe one of the laterals right. early on was 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 forward or something. You know, I just I was looking for, please don't ruin this moment. There this can't be true. It's so incredible. By the way, speaking of incredible, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac New GMC Pepper Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for sixty years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC. 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Clay, here's something that this this pod is not going to be this week, and I think you'll agree with me. And I think there are Dolphins that that would want to disagree with us because they just want to. They're the South Florida fan. I call them the Twitter fan, the the <laughs> social media fan, the fan that just wants to see the negative and everything. Does this win fix all the Dolphins' problems? Well, no. I mean, no, Dolphins still have problems. Some of the problems that you just said we were logging and taking note of, they, there are still questions about Adam Gase. There's still questions, obviously, about the defense that was terrible throughout most of the game. There's still questions about Ryan Tannehill, though Ryan Tannehill was really good in the game. And by the way, he's been really good despite not being 100% since coming back from a shoulder injury. And he's a big reason why the Dolphins are still in this playoff hunt. Are the Dolphins going to go to the Super Bowl, though? Are, are the Dolphins even going to make the playoffs? No, it's unlikely they're still going to make the playoffs. you know, Percentage-wise, based on the things that need to happen, they probably won't. But as a fan, and even us in the media, sometimes we get so cynical. Like You only want to look at the negative. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins just beat Tom Brady and their rivals in their home field, in front of their home fans, in one of the most improbable victories that they've ever had in franchise history, you got to embrace it and enjoy it. And oh, by the way, to move to seven and six and still be alive in the playoff race, you got to enjoy it because there are teams that, there are fans that are teams are four and eight and they're done, they're toast, they're done, they're four and nine, whatever, they're done for the year. The Dolphins aren't in a bad position. Sure, do we all want things to be a little better? Yeah, but you got to enjoy these moments because that's what happened Sunday was just something that it it rarely happens and when it does, you've got to appreciate it. At, at worst in this game,
1: let's see how the rest of this year plays out, right? But at worst, you probably kept Tom Brady from getting that one seed. You probably kept the Patriots – uh, ruined any shot of them getting it, I should say, because uh, the way the Chiefs are playing and they found a way to win against Baltimore mm-hmm. at home. So if you're a Dolphins fan and there is no team that you hate worse than the New England Patriots and you do not want to see Tom Brady hoisting that Lombardi trophy again – you may have just guaranteed that he's going to have to go to Arrowhead. Yeah. So at least enjoy that for a little while. And obviously there's a lot of football left to be played. I'll tell you the thing I took away from this from a Dolphins perspective, and I'm, I'm kind of over the whole, well, we overcame adversity sort of thing. Because mm-hmm. there was, and, and I'm not saying this to be negative, but uh, going into this game, the CBS broadcast put up a, a, a stat that said Dolphins were fourth worst team in the league. Total offense, mm-hmm. fourth worst team in the league. Total defense, and if they find a way to make the playoffs, obviously those numbers could change. There has not been a team to be bottom five in the league and make the playoffs in both those categories since the nineteen forty three New York Giants. So you have to go back that far, and I, I can't even I remember tell that you Giants that
0: was Eli's rookie year.
1: Yeah, you were. Uh, <laughs> your hair was a little darker back then. You hadn't gone uh, salt and pepper I yet. Hadn't gone crazy. Yet. What I found from this game though, Will, and and I, I'd hope that Adam Gase kind of sees what they were able to do. 21 carries for 189 yards. Nine yards a carry. And Tannehill
0: threw, what, 18 passes? 19 19
1: passes. He was 14 out of 19. 19 because you're counting the 69-yard touchdown pass to Kenyon Drake at the end, which it was. He hit stills before the laterals started. But if you you step back from this game and, and this entire season, you've been trying to find an identity for this Dolphins offense because they have not had one. Maybe that's your identity. Maybe you need to start running the rock a little bit more. I liked what I saw out of Bolden. Give those running backs a chance mm-hmm. to get the hard-earned yards, and then you're not putting as much on Tannehill's plate. And I think that's what Adam Gase wants to do anyway.
0: But I think there it's been hard t- when their defense is bad, though. And, that's w- the problem. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. Uh, but then you go back to that Colts game last week, w- was last week, couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, in Indianapolis two weeks ago, and. Uh, you had the chance to salt it away with the running game. I hope after what happened today and you look at the film and you say, wow, we, we really can't move the ball, running between the tackles, running with Frank Gore, running mm-hmm. with Kenyon Drake, and and giving Bolden a shot, maybe that's their offensive identity. I, the Dolphin, the, the defense has to figure something out, but I, I think they may have found what could be an identity with this team. And
0: I think the identity with this team is, you know, an identity they wanted to have early in the season was the quick passes, The you know, because people talk so much about Tannehill's, a downfield game maybe lacking throughout his career and that that's a step that he needed to take. I don't know if you necessarily have to take that step with this type of offense as long as you... As you run the football well, and it, and again, look, there are a lot of elements to running a football. It's not just the commitment to the run. you got to have a good offensive line. And as we know, the Dolphins, because of injuries, a lot of patchwork, a lot of struggling in and out of the shuffling of the offensive line. At times, this has been a really bad offensive line, probably more often than not throughout the season. Again, a big part of that is injuries. So that's kind of out of Gase's control, but your identity as a team, as long as you're close in games, Dolphins are getting blown out on the road. Look, when they play on the road against good teams, they get, they're getting blown out. That's just something that's been a theme of the season. They haven't been able to keep up. That's why this game in Minnesota is going to be such a test for them because mm-hmm. Minnesota, I wouldn't call them a great team. I wouldn't call them one of the better teams in the league. But obviously in that dome, in a desperate type of playoff situation, you would expect that. You know the Dolphins are going to struggle in Minnesota. So that commitment to the run and and keeping it simple for Tannehill may be a little bit difficult, especially if their defense continues to give up big plays. I know they face Tom Brady on Sunday, but this has been the theme no matter who they play, whether it's uh, Andrew Luck or Josh Allen, whoever it may be. Teams have had success one way or another, uh, moving the football and scoring points against mm-hmm. the Dolphins defense. I will say this though: I think you're you're right in that. With the Tannehill, the one thing i i will say about Tannehill is that while i won't want to sit here and analyze if what's going to happen in the future is he going to be here next year i think it's pretty clear when you keep the game simple for him and don't put everything on him make the intermediate throws give him a little time sure take a shot deep now and then but keep it simple and like you said that complementary run the football type of game he is an effective leader on this offense as the quarterback and they can be an effective offense. For whatever reason, Gase tries to get too cute sometimes. But if he just kept it simple, I think that's the best route for the Dolphins because the Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, holding what he did on Sunday, that the punch that you see there with that combination, I think can be productive.
1: Let me ask you something, a broader question, because you were in the locker room and there were a couple of quotes that really stood out to me. The one that that is really sticking in my head, because we get so used to hearing cliches over and over again. And it's always the same thing. We're going to focus one game at a time, mm-hmm. one play at a time, whatever. Kenyon Drake said after the game, and he said it twice, he said, we feel like we have to win out to make the playoffs. When you were in that locker room, you mentioned on on social media the vibe in that locker room, the mm-hmm. excitement. Do you feel like there's something different there where – Yes, they're focusing on the game at hand, but also in the back of their minds, they're at least willing to to look at the bigger picture, more so than I think we hear most teams. I thought it was interesting yeah. they said that publicly.
0: And I think what you also heard players say, the few that we talked to, all said the same thing. We have a bigger vision, a bigger plan in mind than just this great win, which is to me the sign of a team that from within internally, from the players, and more importantly through Adam Gase, I think, because Gase is going to tell us one thing and tell his team another. And that's fine. That's not that's not knocking Adam Gase. That's not saying he's lying to us. As a coach, you should keep things in-house. There are things you tell your team that you don't tell the media. That's any coach, and every coach does that in every sport. And I think what Adam Gase is telling his team is, guys, don't believe the hype. Don't buy into all the BS. Don't believe in all the stuff people tell you that you can and can't do and you're not good or you're not good enough or, or Just look at each other and do your jobs and trust in yourselves. And there's a real sense, and for all the culture change talk in the Dolphins, it's easy to talk culture when you win. Look, if the Dolphins, in what most likely happens in 99.9% of scenarios going into that situation where the miracle play, lose the game, which they should have lost, right? Based on statistics, Mm -hmm. they should have lost. Uh, We're not talking about culture and a team that's feeling that vibe. But I do think... That what you have is a team that truly believes in each other and truly believes in this whole. We have enough to get this done. They have dealt with injuries, as all teams do. They don't have the depth a lot of other teams do, and yet a guy like Bolden, all these guys that come up, you know, uh, come in and, and, and make plays. Guys step into the offensive line. You don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. Make enough plays.
1: Bryce Butler made Bryce a huge touchdown catch. You
0: account. know, uh, Ryan Tannehill coming back again, not one hundred percent. All Ryan Tannehill. Hears and all he is talked about is the negative. No one sits there and says Ryan Tannehill is going to be the long-term quarterback. He's the answer. He's turned the corner. Everybody always wants to make it about Tannehill not being here. Mm -hmm. But all Tannehill does is, is while he's here, make the plays that he needs to make, and he's trying to improve. And he, by the way, not just 100% 100 with the shoulder, but gets his ankle rolled Mm -hmm. to the point where I thought, I mean, he may be done for the rest of the year. Uh, Comes back in the second half and plays and plays well
1: and I'll say too I love how the team responds to him I don't know if he's the long-term answer at quarterback we talked about that a lot I mean what we saw on Sunday doesn't change my opinion with what we've said before that there are real question marks there but one thing we have never questioned with Ryan Tannehill is his toughness and that's something that I think his teammates respond to as well I, I thought it was I like watching the reactions after the game because, as I said a few minutes ago, we hear all the cliches we hear, but you know you, you, your eye what you see with your eyes doesn't lie to you. the uh, The guys hugging on the field and and specifically Ryan Tannehill embracing Kenny Stills, mm-hmm. knowing full well that Stills told you after the game that he felt he had cost this team the game. Yeah, the fact
0: very emotional about it,
1: and, and you know that that. Tannehill and Stills have a great rapport on the field, off the field, all of that. But, I mean, it was just last week that Stills came out and said, I can't throw myself the ball. Well, then this week, you see that happen, and you see Ryan Tannehill go over and embrace Kenny Stills. And so I I think there's, for all the culture talk in the offseason – I think there were times when this team could have mailed it in. So mm-hmm. I still don't think they're talented enough to, you know, if you if you ask me to to uh, bet my good, I mean, my mortgage on it, I, I think it they're probably be not going to make. But I I think the whole culture change thing. I don't know if it's because they got rid of certain guys, but I can tell you that that locker room does feel different and that there's
0: a different vibe and, and a positive vibe. But here's here's the if we if you are to think big picture, the problem with with this team is always the. Uh, it's the way it's patched together. There's always a question about the future because of this. You have a front office that's been here a while that, quite frankly, this, this season could be their last. I mean, we know that if, if the Dolphins, look, they, they. I think we all know they can go into Minnesota and lay an egg like they have on the road. I mean, it's just the, the, the MO of this team right now. We could be talking next Sunday about a, a Dolphins team that in a big game loses 31-10 in Minnesota and with given other things, then, then they're basically almost out of the playoff race. But we could also be talking in a few weeks about a team that gutted through injuries and finished 8-8 eight or even got to 9-7 and seven and fell short of the playoffs, and you say, okay, well, did Adam Gase do a good job? But then all of a sudden, is Steven Ross patient enough to say, hey, let's get one more year? Or does he say, let's change the front office, which means that front office wants to bring their head coach, and if that head coach comes in with that front office, they're going to want to bring their quarterback. There is so much up in the air. That's why it's hard to get into the long-term conversation, because the reality is these next three weeks, Clay, are going to be very significant to the future of Mike Tannenbaum, Chris Greer, Adam Gase, and Ryan Tannehill. I think we can make sort of a judgment of what most of them are, but I always ask this question to people who say to me, get rid of Ryan Tannehill, get rid of Adam Gase, get rid of the front office. Okay, hire who, though? Is Bill Belichick coming?
1: It's funny you mentioned that because what I've been looking at while you were talking was there was a report earlier on Sunday morning, Jason LaConfora, saying he's got an eye on the Dolphins. To go after George Patton, who is the assistant general manager in Minnesota, very highly thought of. But I think we see this a lot with, hey, Adam Gase was the hot head coach a few years ago. Um, So, you know, it's it's not a slam dunk just to bring in someone. I think my concern moving forward regardless and and it's you know you know <laughs> this is the one thing we didn't want to do we didn't want to talk big picture because we wanted to just enjoy this win i still because of the construction of this roster it's always something there's always patchwork somewhere i don't know why that is but at some point that is going to fall on the front office if it doesn't change
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's perpetual Six wins to eight wins, and they got ten and six a couple of years ago. But you know, you looked at the point differential that year, and there's just something middle of the road all well, the you time. Mentioned
0: point differential. I mean, I look. You know, if you look at point differentials, the Dolphins still are what? Like in the fifty? I think minus fifty in differential uh, right now. And if you look at that with other teams in the league, I mean, you look around. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was looking at this because you look at a team like Atlanta. Atlanta's four and nine. They've lost five straight games. Their differential's minus fifty-one. That means that you know they, they've they've scored fifty or they've allowed fifty-one more points than they've scored mm-hmm. fifty-one. The Dolphins are seven and six. Their differential's minus fifty-five, <laughs> and they've they've won two in a row. A, a perfect example of that. The Jets. The Jets differential. Can do we can we all agree the Jets are terrible? Yes. Jets differential's minus sixty. Jets <laughs> differential is five points. Five points to the Dolphins, and they're four, nine, and clearly nobody's thinking of the Dolphins. So you could either say the Dolphins are being lucky, or maybe, and there's obviously luck involved. Look, uh, There's luck involved in the play on Sunday. Or maybe that uh, along with the luck, maybe there is an understanding from their head coach, and it's so easy to rip on Adam Gase, and we've all done it. I know I've done it. We did it recently. Just recently, it's the Indy game. We said he cost them the game. Maybe Adam Gase, though, has a better pulse on this team than we think, (laughs) and knows when to push buttons and when not to at least give his team a chance to win some of these close games. And it's normally against bad to mediocre teams that they win these games. Some, they happen to be a miracle against a great team. But the point is, they're in position to win a lot of these games. And more often than not, in these close games, they've found the way to do it. Now, Sunday's formula, that's a miracle. That's why we're calling it the Miami Miracle, Miracle, Miami Magic City Miracle, whatever you want to call it. But you got to give credit where credit is due sometimes.
1: Yes. I still marvel at some of the things that happen. <laughs> I mean, late in the first half, Patriots are on the two yard line. Hey, Brady, you don't have a timeout. The only thing you can't do is take a sack. What does he doing? <laughs> He takes a sack. They don't get any points out of it. The I, missed
0: field goal, the missed y- extra point.
1: You have then the Miami miracle. You go back to last week, Buffalo, Charles Clay dropping the ball. I mean, it's it's amazing the things that happen that allow this team to win ball games. But, yes, at some point you do have to give credit to them for putting themselves in position to find a way to win those games. I, I don't know if that's sustainable, but I wonder – I, my memory isn't very good. My guess is that we probably said that a lot in 2016, too. We
0: did. And, and ended up in the is, playoffs. You know, and the thing is, what is sustainable? When most NFL teams, right, most fan bases, most teams in the NFL right now, there are, what, maybe six, seven at most that have a legitimate shot to win the Super Bowl. Like a legitimate shot to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? When you look at the teams in the NFL, we already talked about Kansas City, obviously New England the Saints. You look at these teams, I think teams like the Bears, the Rams, obviously, these are teams that that are obviously some of these are the elite teams in the league, but quality teams that have a shot. But for the most part, the Dolphins are in that pack of other teams where you could either be four and nine like the Jets or seven and six. And there's nothing wrong with being in that seven and six hunt. Do we all big picture want the Dolphins to have Pat Mahomes and be a, a a juggernaut machine that's a Super Bowl contender? Yes. But we also understand that that's just not very realistic for most teams, most fan bases. It's great. Like, Clay, we know you're a Saints fan. It's great now when you have Drew Brees still at an elite level, and I know he struggled a bit on Sunday, but they still found the way to win, and a team that puts up big points that's a Super Bowl contender. It's great. But more often than not, it's just a middle of the pack team that maybe one year has a good year, maybe not. I think Dolphin fans, what they want is that next step, and it would be great. But I don't know. I, I have no problem for now. Call me. Maybe I'm I'm accepting mediocrity, but I'm enjoying this Dolphin season. I am, and from a, I do not even mean it from a media perspective. There's been a lot more interesting stories this year for this team, but I'm actually enjoying it. They're in the playoff hunt with three weeks left. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? No. But again, they're over 20 fan bases in the NFL that know they have no shot to win the Super Bowl this year.
1: Well, Sunday changed everything for me, beating the Patriots, because now you can start to look at the remaining schedules of the other teams that are in that. I felt like if they lost this game and got the 6-7 and seven because they lost to Indianapolis, because uh, there are some tiebreaker scenarios where Baltimore would be ahead of them, that you just kind of had to throw your hands up and say, that's, that's it. You still got to go to Minnesota, all of that. Now at 7-6, and, and you own the tiebreaker if you finish tied with Tennessee, you can start to look at this and say, all right, here's the path. Yeah. And I think
0: they could get the 9-7. and seven. I Yeah. Do. I, yeah. Don't, I don't think they'll win out, but I think they'll lose in Minnesota. But there, is there any reason to think they wouldn't beat the Jags at home as well as the Dolphins play at home and as much as the Jags are just terrible now? And then you, your final game in, in Buffalo, those are always close games, but you would think with the season potentially on the line that they could play a good football game and get a win. I think there's a very good path to 9-7, and seven, as you just said, depending on tiebreakers, could put them in position. It, we're very
1: uh, open and upfront with our biases, right? You mentioned I, I grew up a Saints fan, still am. We're all Yankees fans, and and we like the Heat because, uh, you know, we kind of follow the NBA for players, and then now that we're in South Florida and, and you, you grew up down here following the Heat and enjoying them. Regardless, we pull for the local teams because it makes our jobs better. It makes our jobs more fun. It gives us better content when the dolphins are 6 and 7 you're looking at okay well well now we're having the big
0: picture conversation n- n- now
1: we're talking about all right well i mean are are, are we going to have guys sent packing are we i mean are we looking at quarterbacks in the draft whereas now it's okay it opens our toolbox up we can look at Who are the the Colts playing the rest of the way? Who are the Titans playing? You you start to look at things a little bit differently. So from a media perspective, going back to your original point, yes, this makes it more fun. It's
0: more enjoyable, not just for the fans, but it's more enjoyable for us. Remember, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation, I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. The best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. And that's the bottom line. I think you don't know as a fan how often you're going to get a chance to be in a playoff race. Put it this way. Dolphins could, down the stretch, play okay, but not make the playoffs, finish in 8, 9, and 7, whatever it may be. And then draft a quarterback and then move on from Ryan Tannehill or whatever these scenarios that we've talked about forever. And guess what? Not sniff a playoff opportunity for three or four or five years. Yep. We don't know that. How do we know or not know that this is the last time for another three, four, five years the Dolphins don't have a playoff opportunity? Or, hey, maybe we're talking about a team that turned turn in the corner and for the next four or five years is a contender to make the playoffs in the AFC. These are things we don't know. There's too many things that, that could happen and that will happen. So you've got to embrace that moment that your team is seven and six, that you're in the playoff hunt. And trust me, folks, the offseason's going to get here. And trust me, in the days of those off-seasons, when we're wondering if the Heat are going to be an 8 or a 9 seed or a 7 oh. seed, and when we're figuring out where things are going in that sense.
1: People well, are yelling at you about tanking yeah, on t- social yes. media when the Heat are beating the Clippers, who yes. are the 1 seed in the West.
0: Then, yes, then we're going to have the Dolphins draft and Adam Gay's future and what to do with Tannehill conversations. But for now the only conversation you should be having is, damn it, my team is 7-6. and six. We have a winning record through 13 weeks of an NFL season where our quarterback had to miss five games. Our offensive line has been in shambles. Our head coach sometimes doesn't know what he's doing. Our defense is one of the worst in the league, and statistically, we're one of the worst teams in the league. Our point differential is minus 55 through 13 weeks, and yet we're in the playoff hunt, not just in the hunt, tied for the final spot. So... God, just embrace it and enjoy it, and especially after that. So, Clay, now we look ahead. The Vikings, I think we can both agree, are probably going to destroy the Dolphins. <laughs> you had me fired up. You had me ready to run through a wall.
1: and then I then, I,
0: then I hit the wall. Look, it's life as a Dolphin fan, or, and in our case, covering the Dolphins. But, look, I hope everyone enjoyed that and and, and embraces it, and I think we got to keep the pot at just that. We'll get more complexes and other things. But for now, enjoy this week. You know, one of the things Kenyon Drake told me in the locker room after the game was, 24 hours, we'll enjoy this, we'll get back to that. Yeah, I agree with that. But fans, eh, enjoy for six days. Enjoy for six days. The Miami Dolphins are 7-6. and six. We'll be back next week talking about uh, where this team stands in the playoff race if they can somehow pull off another miracle in Minnesota. Miami Dolphins are where? Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Miami, Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Miracle Dolphins, Miami
1: Dolphins getting Dolphins it done. Number one. Miami.